0: Today on CityCast Chicago, like many of you, I grew up watching cops chase people. I not only saw it in my neighborhood, I went through it myself, even in the media. I watched it on the television show, Cops. I saw it in movies, but what these always fail to really articulate is that this is extremely dangerous in the real world. Chicago police have a new interim policy to better guide officers on when they can chase people. But many say it's not enough.
1: The problem is the policy is really vague. This policy document is hard for lawyers to understand. If it's hard for lawyers to understand, I think it's really tough for an officer to read this and digest and fully absorb.
0: I talked with the legal director at ACLU Illinois about what the policy says and how we got here. It's Tuesday, June 22nd. I'm Jacoby Cochran and this... Is City Cash Chicago. We have watched twice in the last few months videos of police officers chasing and shooting people. One was 13 year old Adam Toledo, the other, 22 year old Anthony Alvarez. These deaths sparked renewed conversation about police foot pursuits. But it's something that the Department of Justice actually called out in its investigation into CPD back in 2017, saying they too often end with officers shooting someone. Do we have any scope here? Like how many times this is taking place every single day or every single year in our city?
1: Well, we know that there are hundreds of foot chases a year. But what we also know is that in Chicago, the percentage of those foot chases that involve deadly force by an officer against a person has actually been increasing over time, not decreasing. And that is what is so heartbreaking, that since the Department of Justice exposed to the public, to the world, to people in Chicago, that Chicago in particular has a problem with deadly foot chases.
0: That's Nusrat Chowdhury. She's the legal director at the Illinois ACLU. Now, the ACLU and many other community organizations have actually been fighting for years to get a just foot pursuit policy.
1: When when the DOJ came in and they interviewed people before their report, that was the result of a more than a year long investigation. And they did not have to look far for communities to tell them that foot chases were part of this problem. You know, communities have been talking about foot chases because, as you mentioned, like they've. They see people in their neighborhoods. And it's not just all neighbors of Chicago. There are a handful of neighborhoods, places like Austin, there are places like Roseland, there are places like Englewood. And so in some of those communities, it becomes part of like the lived trauma of people in broad neighborhoods who see these sorts of interactions with their young people and with their loved ones, often without an explanation and often involving, like, like you said, these split second decisions that maybe they don't even need to be made.
0: That's why it's such a huge problem. Chicago didn't have a policy that explained when police can chase people and when they can't. I mean, we still don't have a permanent policy, but an interim one is undergoing public comment as we speak. You know, so when the DOJ comes out and says, you know, Chicago has a really terrible problem happening on the South and West sides with these foot pursuits, what happens next? Because it seems like it takes years till we get to where we are now.
1: Well, after that report came out, Community organizations, ACLU of Illinois, other legal advocates, and the Illinois Attorney General all were making the call for the city of Chicago to adopt a foot chase policy that would restrict foot chases. And the city resisted. The city said no. And at the time, that's when the city was negotiating with the Attorney General, and uh, you know, a consent decree that came about because the Illinois Attorney General actually sued the city of Chicago over its pattern of excessive force against communities of color.
0: All right. So the consent decree, that's the agreement the feds made with the city to address excessive force in Chicago's history of biased policing that came out back in 2019. It's about a hundred pages long and it says a lot. It requires CPD use de-escalation tactics, develop policies for school-based officers and track when officers use force. But a policy restricting foot chases was not required in the consent decree.
1: But what it said was that the monitor that measures the city's compliance, that basically issues these six-month report cards on how the city's doing, if the monitor looks at the data and decides to recommend a restriction on foot chases through a policy, the city has to do it. And lo and behold, that's what happened this March, actually just a couple weeks before the horrific killings of Adam Toledo and Anthony Alvarez. The monitor issued a report card that said, we've looked at the data and actually deadly force in foot chases is going up, not down. And we recommend a foot chase policy. And now here we are, you know, people who were killed, you know, and one is one is left to wonder if those killings would have happened if police had the kind of guidance emphasizing just how dangerous foot chases are and restricting when those foot chases take place.
0: And let's stay right there with that, uh, Nusrat. We have a interim policy. Can you tell me a little bit about it? And do you believe if it had already been enforced, if it had been required by the original consent decree, would it have made a difference?
1: So the policy is about eight pages long and it talks about what a foot chase is. It has a section on things an officer should think about before starting one or when engaged in one. And then it has a list of prohibitions. That sounds good, but the problem is the policy is really vague. This policy document is hard for lawyers to understand. If it's hard for lawyers to understand, I think it's really tough for an officer to read this and digest and fully absorb. When is it too dangerous for me to engage in a foot chase? And that's fundamentally the problem.
0: So if I'm me and my brothers are on bikes, we're in the alley shooting dice at night. We ain't technically breaking no laws. Not even technically. We ain't breaking no laws, right? And an officer pulls up in the alley, sees us. We immediately grab our money and drop our bikes and run. What does this policy say an officer should do?
1: I think this policy suggests that a foot chase against you is okay. Because what this policy fails to do is stop foot chases for many minor crimes that don't threaten public safety, like gambling, like having drug paraphernalia, prostitution, or underage drinking. So an officer, like when I look at this policy, it does not make clear that you should not conduct a foot chase when only a minor offense, if any, is at issue. And it leaves a ton to officer discretion. So That officer looking at you playing dice might conclude that that's a crime that fits within the foot chase policy.
0: Or even if I was in the alley playing music and we were just chilling and somebody called in a a noise complaint and we just took off with our radio, the officer can be like, well, I'm going to chase them.
1: Yeah, I think that a noise complaint like there's this complicated language in this policy that says certain types of misdemeanors that are below a certain level Um, You shouldn't do a foot chase on. But that's part of the problem. Like you'd have to know like noise complaint. What level is it? Is it a minor offense? Is it a major? Like you have to go through this complicated thought process. And instead, it should just make it really clear. Minor offenses off the table. No foot chases. Foot chases shouldn't be used because they are inherently dangerous and they should be reserved only when necessary, something like that. So it's really, really clear. You don't come away from this policy with that takeaway, that this is a like an approach of last resort.
0: Another question I had was, does the plan lay out what the consequences will be if officers pursue foot chases recklessly?
1: It doesn't do it well enough. There's no sentence that says police who do not follow the foot chase policy will be punished when they should be. It makes some references to the complaint process, but it's just, again, it's not clear. It needs to just have a simple, clear statement that makes all officers aware that if they don't follow this policy, that they will be punished appropriately under the existing disciplinary mechanisms.
0: So in your opinion, the policy is not clearly stated. It does not go far enough. Why should Chicago trust that whatever the final policy is will matter?
1: I think the policy matters because we just see too often that the lack of a strong policy is having the impact on people on a daily basis, on lives, right? Like it's going to take so much to change policing in the city of Chicago Enforcing the consent decree is one place. People advocating with their legislators is another place. People protesting in the streets and the uprising that we've seen in this last year over racial injustice, especially in policing, is is necessary to help solve the problem. And making our voices heard with these sorts of policies is another part of this big effort because we know that systemic violence against people of color by police is such a deep rooted issue it's going to take so much that we need to fight on all of these fronts. They're all important.
0: Again, Nusrat Chaudhary is the legal director for ACLU Illinois. Thank you so much for being on Cash Chicago today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I mentioned before the city is asking for public comment on interim foot pursuit policy. Here's how CPD Chief David Brown described the policy during a webinar earlier this month. It requires our officers to conduct a balancing act and consideration surrounding officer and public safety before initiating a foot pursuit policy, foot pursuit. It also outlines alternatives to a pursuit, such as setting up a perimeter to apprehend suspects as an alternative. The policy also states that foot pursuits are only appropriate when there is probable cause for arrest or a belief that an individual has committed or is about to commit a crime. Police leaders argue this will be safer for officers and the public. You can comment on the policy through July 15th, which is the deadline. There's a link to how in the show notes. Some good news to get you through. All right, so everybody's been talking about Monty and Rose. Those are the endangered piping plovers who have been nesting at Montrose Beach. I'm gonna be real with you. I wasn't watching that carefully. But, but then I saw there's a new children's book chronicling the birds three-year journey in Chicago. It's actually from the woman who named the birds and VP of the Illinois Ornithological Society, Tamima Atani. All right, first it's just cute as hell, but also I was surprised to learn how much these birds have been through and it's beautifully illustrated at that. For more Chicago stories, remember, sign up for our daily newsletter at Chicago.CityCast.FM. That's our show for Tuesday, June 22nd. As always, I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.